This is the Bible in one year, day four. Battles and blessings. I've never forgotten a talk I heard about 30 years ago. The speaker started by saying that the Christian life is battle and blessing, 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 battle and blessing. At the time I thought, why is it going on like this? Will it never end? But he was making a memorable and profound point. When we're in the battle, it's hard to believe that it will ever come to an end. When we're in a period of blessing, we sometimes expect it to go on forever. But life's not like that. There are battles and blessings. Pastor Rick Warren says that he used to think that the Christian life was a succession of battles and blessings, whereas now he thinks of life as being on two tracks. At any given moment in life, there are usually blessings, but also battles to face. He gives the example of the huge blessing that came to him through the publication of The Purpose Driven Life, which became the fastest-selling Christian book of all time. It gave him enormous influence, but at the same time, he found out that his wife, Kay, had cancer. On one track of his life, there was great blessing. On the other track, there was a massive battle to face. Proverbs 1 The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Learn to steer through battles and blessings. The purpose of the book of Proverbs is stated right from the start. These are wise sayings written down so that we'll know how to live well and right, a manual for living, for learning what's right and just and fair. It provides practical wisdom for everyone, both the inexperienced and the experienced. These proverbs tell you how life usually works. They provide pragmatic and wise advice, learnt from a lifetime of experience. They help you attain wisdom and discipline, two vital aspects of life, which do not happen overnight. The purpose of the book is to enable you to steer your course rightly. Wisdom is the art of steering through the battles and blessings of life and living skillfully in whatever conditions you find yourself. Wisdom, as Bible teacher Joyce Meyer says, is choosing to do now what you will be happy with later on. Wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord can be translated reverence. It means to respect and honor the Lord as God. The most important lesson you can learn about life is to start with God. Lord, help me to learn the art of steering through the battles and blessings that lie ahead. New Testament, Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, 
He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Learn how Jesus dealt with battles and blessings. Jesus' ministry begins with the blessing of the Holy Spirit at his baptism. But, as so often happens after great experiences of the Holy Spirit, battles immediately follow. Next, Jesus was taken into the wild by the Spirit for the test. The temptations start with the words, if you are the Son of God, the devil is tempting Jesus to presume on his identity and thus to test his father. Sometimes the devil comes to us and says, if you're a Christian, then you're better than others. Or if God forgives everything, it doesn't matter how you live. Respond by following Jesus' example. Jesus faced three powerful temptations. First, instant gratification, economic. There are some things that provide instant gratification but leave you feeling hollow afterwards. Jesus had prepared by fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. That left him, of course, in a state of extreme hunger, which the devil took advantage of in the first test. He says to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answers, It is written, People do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Although bread is necessary, it's not enough on its own. Material things can never fully satisfy. There is a deeper spiritual hunger which can only be satisfied by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need regular spiritual food, even more than regular physical food. Second, testing God, religious. Next, the devil puts before Jesus the challenge to throw himself off the highest point of the temple. This is a temptation for Jesus to take his father's loving protection for granted and to test it. 
the devil goaded Jesus by quoting Psalm 91. But it's a verse taken out of context. Jesus countered with a verse that is in context. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Third, wrong means political. Third, the devil shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and offers them, if you bow down and worship me. This is the temptation to be dissatisfied with God himself and to embark on a program of unscrupulous manipulation to achieve his ends by the wrong means. Jesus responds, away from me, Satan. He backed his rebuke with a third quotation from Deuteronomy. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. To each temptation, Jesus responds with a verse from Deuteronomy chapter 6 to 8. Perhaps he'd been studying these chapters at that time. As you study the Bible, it reveals God's character and loving care for you and deepens your relationship with him. This protects you against the devil's lies and helps and equips you to resist temptation when it comes. At the end of these battles, Jesus enjoyed the blessing of angels who came and took care of Jesus' needs. The period of blessing did not last long. Jesus heard that John had been put in prison. It must have been devastating for Jesus to find out that his cousin had been in prison for his preaching. Jesus was not daunted. He began to preach the very message that had caused John's arrest. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. He was fearless and courageous in the face of his battles. Life is not just a matter of defensively seeing off the attacks. There are also positive advances to make. Jesus was on a mission. He began to build his team for that mission, calling his first disciples. Jesus said to them, Come with me. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women. They dropped their nets and followed. These were exciting times. The beginning of the ministry of Jesus was a period of great blessing. Lord, help me to follow the example of Jesus in battles and blessings. May I learn your word, so I can respond to temptation and be courageous in proclaiming the message of Jesus. Old Testament, Genesis 7-9 to The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the floodwaters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all the creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days... The floodwaters came on the earth. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, on the seventeenth day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, 
and the floodgates of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. For forty days the flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than fifteen cubits. Every living thing that moved on land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for a hundred and fifty days. Genesis chapter 8 But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the hundred and fifty days the water had gone down. And on the seventeenth day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the tenth month, and on the first day of the tenth month the tops of the mountains became visible. After forty days Noah opened a window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven, and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove, to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could find nowhere to perch because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. 
By the first day of the first month of Noah's six hundred and first year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the twenty-seventh day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out, together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives. All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land, came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Genesis chapter 9 Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and on all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground and on all the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal. And from each human being too I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, 
and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. Learn how others have coped with battles and blessings. Christians should be positive people. We see in this passage that the blessings outweigh the battles. Of the four great themes that run through this passage and the entire Bible, only one is negative. The fall that leads to the battles. The other three are all about positive blessing. First, creation. Human beings are created in the image of God. There is a nobility and dignity about all human life. Every human being is of immense value. That's why taking another person's life has such serious consequences. Treat every human being with respect and dignity. Second, fall. Noah faced a major battle, the flood and the destruction of almost the entire human race. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights, exactly the same period as the temptation of Jesus. God's judgment came because of the seriousness of sin. Every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. Third, redemption. Despite the battle of the flood, Noah enjoyed the blessing of God's love, even though only Noah and those with him in the ark were left. Through the lens of the New Testament, we see that the ark is a picture of being baptized into Christ. Those who were in the ark were safe. Those who were in Christ are safe. God blessed Noah and his sons. He said, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. Fourth, glorification. God made a covenant with them. Every time you see a rainbow, it's a reminder of God's commitment to you, which led ultimately to the cross, the blood of the new covenant. It is an everlasting covenant into eternity. Lord, thank you that ultimately your blessings far outweigh the battles. Help me to remember that my light and momentary battles are achieving for me an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Pippa adds, We see in Genesis 7-8 that Noah was quite old, 600 years old, when he began his life's work. It proves it is never too late for God to use you, however old you are. So don't disqualify yourself because of your age or for any other reason. Today might be the day to set out on a new vision.